Welcome to the GrassCast, the host of your show, Quab and Sean. Game on. Welcome to the GrassCast, a show about games, life, and everything in between. I'm Sean. And I'm Quab. And on this episode, we're talking to Chris Walker. Uh, he's a man about town, a raconteur, a uh, renaissance man, Esperanto, and a games enthusiast that I've known for a while. But uh, before we get into that, we got to do what we always do every episode. Uh, it's very important. Yes, we must uh, face off on the ultimate challenge of rock, paper, scissors. All right. Or scissors. Okay. 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 Okay, ready? On, so it's on. It's, it's on. One, one, two, three, go. Yeah, yeah, one, two, three. Okay. Okay. One, one two, three, three paper. Rock. Oh, I'm killing it lately. I'm this is garbage. It. This is garbage. Okay, I got to record that. Anyway, welcome, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I did not Thanks, explain guys. what we were doing there at the beginning first. That's fine. But, yeah, yeah, we have a long standing grudge of paper scissors. It's not even a that. grudge. I, I figured you're going to thank your sponsor, but no. No, 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 no yeah. No. yeah. Our, not... our sponsor is Rock, Paper, <laughs> paper scissors. scissors. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Timeless game. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. It's very good. Um, so yeah, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, guys. I, pre- I appreciate you having me here. Yeah. Oh, sure. oh, well, okay. How do you say it? You say rock, paper, scissors, Rochambeau, paper, scissors, rock. What's the correct canonical way for you? The canonical way for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I grew up with rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, so the correct, I stick with that. The yeah. correct way. Okay. I, do, I do know of all the different variations. And, Doesn't you know. paper, scissors, rock just sound better? Uh, is it more pleasing to the ear? I, I, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the right answer. As long as all three are there. <laughs> when you start getting up to Spock and Dynamite and all the other mm. various... I, Lizard, I think the other one is. Oh, yeah, the yeah, Bang yeah. Theory. Yeah, they added I a don't few more. Makes Eventually, the game a little we more entertaining. One day, we could do like mm. just some variations. Or, no, it's, no, it's perfect the way it is. <laughs> okay. All right, though. But yeah, Chris, uh, yeah, well... Well, uh, yeah, I guess we could say kind of introduce yourself. Yeah. Is there anything you want to touch on? Like, why do why do we know each other? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we could do Who that. are you? Why who, are you here? Uh, right why now? am I here? Yeah. Well, uh, Quab, as you know, I know you from um, our, an- not annual, but weekly mm. uh, language exchange, which uh, we attend fairly regularly. I've uh, been doing that for about a year and a half, so I, I think we've known each other for yeah, about at least that, that, at least yeah. that amount of time. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, as for introducing myself, uh, I've been living in Windsor for about 20 years. I'm originally from a small town called Simcoe, Ontario. Mm. Um, I've been playing games all my life. Mm. I nice. um, use games in my work uh, at Language Exchange. I, I use games there as well. I find games are a great way to open people up to... Yeah, just new things that maybe they hadn't thought about before, and it re- relieves a lot of tension on people. I noticed. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, makes yeah. people very relaxed. Yeah, all very very relaxed, especially when you're learning something. Hmm. Not that language is super complex for maybe for some people they might find it a little intimidating. So, uh, games are a great way to kind of break into small pieces and manageable pieces for people. And when you get laughing and having fun, that's when you learn something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're stressed out about something. How many times have you heard kids or how many times have you felt going to school like this sucks? This yeah. is not fun at all. But when we think about our favorite teacher, it's like, oh, it was that one guy or that one girl who had fun or who made us feel excited about going to class. Right. And it was usually for me, it was a, a guy by the name of Mr. Bernard. 
Um, ironically, uh, he's involved in my family now in a very roundabout way. So every time I see him, I still have to call him Mr. Bernard. I can't call him. <laughs> can't call him by his first name. Yeah, never, was, it no, never feels weird. right calling your teachers by the first name. Yeah, even though we're you know. Yeah. Well, 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 well aged, but yeah. So anyways, he was one of my favorites and that was always what he did. He always found a way to take like English grammar, for example, as he was an English teacher and oh. he would make, he'd make it fun. He uh, would have a stand up routine, hmm. basically is what he would do. And huh. man, it was, it's so much fun and kids just look forward to it, hmm. you know? Yeah. So what kind of things do you teach now? So I do a lot of uh, teaching of language at the language exchange. Okay. Um, I'm really fluent in ASL, and yeah. I noticed that folks are really interested in that. So hmm. American Sign Language. American Sign Language, sign. yes, yeah. for those who don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, why, why is it called American Sign Language? Is, are there other forms there of sign language? There are others. That, yeah. Oh, okay. So American Sign Language is equivalent to, say, like English. It is pretty ubiquitous throughout the world, just like English is pretty ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. um, widespread, I mean, by the word ubiquitous, just in case that's a <laughs> word no one ever uses. <laughs> just realize that. Anyways. Uh, You're very cultured. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's a very hoity-toity. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, pinkies up only. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Uh, anyways, um, it, um, there are many different. So there's BSL. Quebec has its own LSQ. Um, and many countries have their own. And I, I dare say this because I wouldn't want to upset any uh, deaf people. Fortunately, they're probably not listening to the yeah, podcast. Because <laughs> <thing, like, laughs> they can't hear. But. There, there is a sign language version of our podcast that you can find on YouTube. Right it's now. a good question, though. I'm thinking about accessibility and like, are we going to transcript this nonsense at some point? That could be a business opportunity. <laughs> the, the piece of information I wanted to say is that um, a lot of sign languages have some basis in the spoken language that of uh, the country where they're from. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A, a little bit. A little bit. A, a American Sign Language especially. But mm. I have to be careful saying that because they are definitely two distinct languages. Yeah. 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 But anyways, not, not language is what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about games. Well, so. I know. We're talking about... Okay, the whole thing with the this kind of, of show is the intersection with games and life. So, gotcha. like, okay. and yeah, just even like, yeah, honestly, going to the language exchange with you and especially ASL, like I can see the intersection of the two. And even, yeah, ASL in particular, there's a lot of movement that's very fun and feels like a you game. You got it. You got um, it. Yeah, there's just so many parallels there. But yeah, that, <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> I, I haven't uh, broken it out yet, but. Um, uh, you guys are familiar with word search, right? Mm. Uh, oh, it's when you look for words yeah. in a, basically they're scattered in a bunch of letters. Right. Yeah, you do the bubbles or yeah. highlight them and stuff. Okay, yeah. Well, recently I found, um, and I, I don't know if this works, but finger search. Instead of it's the ASL letters, the American Sign Language letters, in a word search form. So you get to learn your uh, fingerspelling through a word search. Uh, and for those who are listening to this, that might be hard to, to fathom, but just take a <laughs> classic word search and take out the letters and put in the hand signs instead. Mm, and so uh, there you are looking for uh, words, but in fingerspelling <laughs> instead. I'll have to bring those to a language exchange. That would be cool. The whole thing with fingerspelling, though, is like what I'm learning slowly is like depending on what angle you are looking at it like an o is pretty much what you would think an o is with sure. like your curved fingers and you're kind of making a circle uh with your hand but depending on the angle it might you might be looking at it 
front way so it doesn't really look like a circle so like i'm wondering with the word search if you could have different angles for the different letters or something that'd be complicated yeah, anyway don't worry about it the, the letters <laughs> it aren't, works it the works. letters aren't static right like there's movement to it so how do you visually show well fingerspelling is just like a kind of a one-to-one -one. a is this hand there's only two letters that have movement um, oh J yeah, J. yeah. That's what I was thinking. With oh, the J and they draw lines. Oh, yeah, they draw lines, and it's pretty like obvious area. what letters are letter, what which ones okay. are which. Yeah, it's oh. not. You're making it really overly complicated. Yeah, no, this, this is for like children. This is, what I, this is what I do. Yeah, yeah. How would you show a J and a? Okay. Yeah, and so anyway, <laughs> yeah, you show the finish of the J and you show the line. Uh, how that one works. All right, all right. Um, okay, so we got some some basic questions that we sure. try to ask our guests and try to like gate you know delve into their gaming life background mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um if you were um so what if you can remember uh like what was the first game that you ever played or had like a big impact on you as a kid or you know what, what was that first game um for me uh of course board games would mm -hmm. be the first oh, games nice. i wanted to say something else but i know somewhere in there i know there was obviously a game of monopoly or payday or checkers or chess uh, payday ended up being one of my favorites. I am uh, not familiar with payday. When I when I hear payday, I think of the video game where you're robbing banks, and I don't think that's what you're talking about. <laughs> so yes, once again, very very old, very very long ago. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's a game you can still uh, purchase. Anyways, it it worked. Um, uh, instead of I liked it a lot better because Monopoly, obviously, as we all know, is designed to frustrate and to teach you all a lesson that Monopoly Capitalism sucks. Bad. Yeah, and <laughs> we're all playing bad. it wrong. It's, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. something you sh we should all all know. And yes, that's why the game sucks, and it should never be successful as it has <laughs> been. But that just goes to show you how deep we are into capitalist culture. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so uh, Payday was uh, a game that was structured over a month, and uh, every week there would be a Payday. And depending on where you landed on the board on the days, um, uh, certain things would happen. So either you'd have to pay a bill or you might have to um, uh, get a loan for something or you might get a deal on something which you could sell later and, and make money. Oh. And you'd have to go to work, of course, too. And so then once you hit Friday, everyone would stop on Friday, everyone would get their pay and then you'd go through the months. It even had like a space what was uh, daylight savings, which would bump <laughs> everybody back or forward depending on uh, what time cool. of year it was. Yeah, yeah. it was an interesting game, and it, you had a little slider too to keep track of all your saved money in your bank account. And the whole and for me, I'm, I'm a, much more of a cooperative game kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't so cutthroat like Monopoly was, but that <laughs> was definitely one of my favorites. Was uh, was Payday? Hmm. Um, to go a little bit further on, when I was a little bit older, I'd say maybe eight or nine. That's when I really started getting into uh, books and um, things like Dungeons and Dragons. My mm -hmm. brother played. He was a little older than I was. Um, so I really got into uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books. Yeah. And I would definitely consider those games. I think we I think we touched on that a couple times in the podcast. Yeah, a couple times. But... Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting. Yeah, it's not quite a game, but you're like. It's a collective it's not story. Quite a, it's not quite, not a, quite a, regular, a book, not quite a game. Not quite a yeah. Yeah. And to take it one step further, um, I was in those for a little bit, and then I discovered fighting fantasy novels. And if you're not familiar uh, with these, oh mm, man, no. are these fun. It's like a little adventure in a novel. And um, they even had this wonderfully green spine on them. So when I went to my local uh, bookstore, I would see them and just couldn't wait to 
purchase one of them for five bucks, which seemed like a fortune at the time. Yeah. And how it worked is you had three stats. You had stamina, you had luck, and you had skill. And um, based on what you rolled, just like when you roll a character for Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. hopefully your audience is well-versed on uh, most games. Some so, of them are probably. Yeah, so I don't have to explain all this <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're, we're really just imagining our audience right now. Yeah, no, they don't exist. Are <laughs> <they're, laughs> we radical at we this point? So they're whatever we want. They're all in our minds. <laughs> in our minds, yes, they're okay, all so playing Dungeons & Dragons. Gotcha, gotcha. So. Anyways, you had three stats, which you would roll for, and mm. they would be set at certain levels. And of course, the book used uh, common pieces, pieces of paper, um, uh, D6, and uh, or six-sided die, mm. and a pencil. And uh, you'd roll your stats ads figure out what it was and you'd read through the book and occasionally you'd run into a monster or a villain or whatever and you had to roll against each other's stats and you'd have to win or if you if you lost you would something else would happen it would take you to a different uh, different page of the book oh. of course i always <laughs> kept my finger in the book in the last page so that way just in case i had to bump back and try to fight him again mm -hmm. which was kind of fun because it was like a solitaire um, Dungeon yeah, and Dragons, a D&D game. Whoa. Sorry, that was called Fighting Fantasy? Fighting Fantasy. You'll be able to find it on um, all your favorite app stores. <laughs> I won't uh, say any particular ones to yeah. not give away my preference. No, 100%. Um, that sounds interesting. Yeah, because yeah, that would lend itself that. so well to like these modern devices. Like, and, it, mm. and it has. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jackson actually was. Steve and Ian Jackson. Livingston, I believe, was the, the two creators. Huh. Um, and of course, you might be familiar. Of course, your audience would be familiar with Steve <laughs> Jackson games like Munchkin, for example. Right. Uh, yeah, he's sure. <laughs> done, done. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same Steve Jackson. Okay. Uh, but that may be. Now be careful with my information here. Anyways, um, yeah. yeah, I did a lot of playing of those. Um, and um, it was in public school when I was in about grade five. Uh, so now we're getting up to about age 10. Mm -hmm. And I got really into Dungeons and Dragons with my brother. But, of course, he had all the modules and all the books and everything. So when I went to go and play with my friends, I didn't have all this stuff. So mm. I actually made up my own. Oh. which now is quite common. They actually have yeah. people have books on how to do this, mm -hmm. make your own role-playing game, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, all my friends were really into G.I. Joe because that was a cartoon at the time. That dates me a little bit, so you, you can figure out exactly how old I am. Fine. No, uh, one, no one knows how old any of yeah, No one cares. No one cares anymore. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, we I basically constructed from what I learned from Fighting Fantasy and Dungeons and & Dragons and, and made up... Uh, um, my own little role-playing game. And it, it got to the point where uh, we'd spend recesses and I would be the game master. And hmm. we didn't even have paper uh, or uh, dice or anything. We'd actually do rock, paper, scissors. Oh, oh interesting. awesome. Yeah. yeah, in the proper order of rock, paper, scissors. Agreed, disagree, but Anyways, um, yeah. And so I remember uh, sitting out, uh, out in the playground and my friends for... It's what seemed like forever. It could have been like maybe a few months, but yeah. each time we had a sleepover, we want to go back to the game, and there he was being the storyteller, and that has been something that's been kind of consistent throughout my life. I've been in that kind of role of, of like even now with my job, it's very much like a, a DM or like a GM. Mm. I, I have uh, conversations with people to help them explore their citizenship to figure out you know, maybe how it is they might give back to society. Oh. And it's, it's a very much the same kind of constructed you know, thought out process. I don't know how many people out there have been uh, GMs or uh, game masters or dungeon masters, but mm -hmm. it's always wonderfully frustrating when the players decide to go on a completely different 
route than you had planned and you mm. have to fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, yeah. I find in my job on occasion, that's what I have to do and just kind of listen to the, the people that I'm around and figure out how it is to kind of guide the conversation. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've been playing a lot of, uh, I have a group that, uh, we do D and D like games and, um, a lot of them that we've been playing are not, they're, they're more like the GM just facilitates what the players want to do. And which is good because then like yeah like you're saying like the gm has a has an idea of where they want to go and then the players just deviate and they're like oh no i don't know what to do damn it my very yeah. intricate plans uh, so <laughs> you i have to remark on how you said the word uh, facilitate that's actually the, my job title oh. i'm called an independent facilitator uh-huh. i uh, work with a lot of folks who have disabilities and mm-hmm. often these folks don't get a chance to really search out their citizenship Mm. and so because just because of the disability sometimes it's just the nature of how it goes yeah and um, i help people kind of elevate their idea of oh i I can vote oh i can drive a car oh i can do these things i didn't realize i had options yeah and so as a facilitator i help it make it easier to explore options Mm -hmm. and in some cases i've even played games with uh, some of the people that i've uh, uh, worked with i have to say as you, you asked me that first question to introduce mm-hmm. some of the games that I've played, and I have to get to the one game that changed my life, and then I can stop there. That is that is one of our questions. Yeah, so, so I, I can do that, eh? All do right. it, just do it now, yeah. So when I was about 14, 15, mm-hmm. um, then I got into the world's best game, and I'm, I am completely biased on this, Magic the Gathering. I absolutely love okay, that it's, game. It's absolutely. a solid game. Is it? I absolutely. I tried to game. play it once. Boring as. <laughs> well, but there's. I, I I just was not in the. You can't just you can't just, um, unless unless everybody at the table is a casual Magic the Gather player, it's fine. If there's you know. If you're the only casual player, you're not gonna have a good time. Exactly. Yeah, um, I, can, I can. I can understand. And that. I've I've played like it's it's funny like yeah I tried to get back into it recently and a friend invited me out to like a you know weekly game and everybody there was well versed and I was I had played Magic most of my you know childhood but it's been a while mm-hmm. so. And they, it wasn't inti- like nobody was like, oh, this guy, like he doesn't know anything. Like they were very nice, but like I just felt like I was holding the whole thing back because I didn't know. You have to, as you play Magic the Gathering, you have to know every card and how every card yeah. interacts with every other yeah, card. Yeah, it's And they'll like, of... someone will play a card, like, oh, well, that card, I know what's coming out next. And like yeah. they know all the meta and all the strategies. And if yeah, you're not there's... up to speed, you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I think fair, yeah. Knowing the meta is very important. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the parts I enjoy mm-hmm. is keeping tr- keeping score, keeping track of what's coming out. So Yeah. Yeah, when I discovered that game, uh it was in its uh it was just it was just coming out and it was I have to say when it first started, and of course people So you you play magic at like at its infancy, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you have any like treasures that you've kept? That- oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have, you know, dual lands, of course, oh, for those nice. who know what that means. Yeah, they <laughs> are I'm just hundreds and back. hundreds you of guys, dollars. This man, this you man guys is sitting on a treasure nerds. trove right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, who knows how much it's, 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 it's worth. But yeah, uh, complete sets. Um, I remember, it's funny now, I think about cards from uh, yesteryear and how fascinating they were and how broken they were. And of course, mm. now they've explored that space. And what was broken then now has been no longer broken so you know that hydra that i thought was so cool or that doppelganger that i thought was so cool now is just 
every day and they've made it better since mm-hmm. so it's and of course the price just slowly drops and of your treasured childhood memory of this really cool card and art <laughs> so yeah it's uh but that was the game that it really for me uh really changed things i mm-hmm. i i understood finally um and how to say this there's board games which a lot of people approach and understand and they're cool with magic is almost on a different kind of realm or different part of the, I don't even know how to explain that. I don't want to say it's better or it's uh, got, it's broad, it's broader and you have to be able to kind of, um, I noticed when I've taught people it before, um, there's so many pieces to it. It can be very intimidating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing uh, I think about with magic is a deck building game. There is a collection element to Mm -hmm. it and some stuff you bring. It's not like chess. You're not, you don't have a special like new rook who can what do some cool. magic. Stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, play chess. I know. Oh, like, the new rook's coming okay, out. I'm sure. Oh, oh awesome. man, he's got super rook. <laughs> oh, no. Blue eyes, white rook. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, but the, yeah, that idea of like a deck building game, and I've just kind of recently gotten into that with like. Um, uh, there's like this game Stormbound. Yeah. Which, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like I can kind of understand the appeal of like a yeah. Deck there's building a there's game. a newer ish phenomenon now of like deck building games, but it's like a closed set of cards and you build decks out of that. Magic is like it's a never ending expansion of decks. Really? Yeah. And you just okay. And and depending on like there's different sets that you play, so you can play like modern, which are like the latest sets that have come out. You can play. I think it's is it classic or legacy legacy, legacy and vintage legacy and vintage are like for crazy people because you're <laughs> I'm, I'm waving, I'm waving. not only do you have to know all the cards that have ever been created and how they interact with each other and what decks you can make but then you have to obtain them somehow and these cards get ridiculously expensive because they're broken and like now they don't made anymore and hard to find and people have to spend like and I want to say a piece on what you were just talking about. Um, yeah, you're always chasing the dragon or chasing. It's a chase game. Yeah, they call it a trading card game. And when it first started, it was wonderful because I could use my lunch money. <laughs> sorry, sorry, mom, but but yeah, I used my lunch money to save up to buy a pack, and you could buy them for like two dollars at the time and mm, yeah. score some pretty awesome cards. And I remember when I was buying. Um, uh, once again, this is a while ago. Uh, dual lands for like five bucks or two bucks because at the time they weren't. They were they, that was the set to have, and mm. now of course they're worth a couple hundreds. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, wow. Yeah, some cards are even worth up towards uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece you're talking about for those who hate chasing or hate the the thrill of the chase, uh, they call the, the other games living card games as opposed to trading card games. Living card games um, are printed on mass, and you buy a box, and they're all in there. You don't have to chase them. Uh, sure, they may no longer print certain sets as time goes by, or cards may disappear, yeah. which can make them those particular ones valuable. But for the most part, if I wanted you guys to play a game like Netrunner, which is a living card game, mm-hmm. also designed by the same guy who made Magic, so <laughs> let's give a plug out to Richard Garfield, <laughs> smart guy. Uh, anyways, um, you can buy that box. Then we all have the same cards. Then we don't have to worry about chasing the the, the, the rares or the epics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, you can buy supplements, and all the cards once again are in there. You don't have to worry about you know, okay, am I going to get the best cards? Well, you, we all have the same cards, so that way then it's not a matter of 
who can have the better cards. Yeah. It's a matter of who can play the game the best or who knows how, yeah, to, it's, how, to, it's, how to work the game. It's more like chess. It's more like these, more are, like the, chess. Yeah, mm-hmm. these are the pieces. Okay. And we, we need to go into business. We need to make super, super rook. We need to make... Uh, <laughs> we need to make, rather than... Uh, King and queen, maybe for modern times, we have king and king and queen and queen on oh. one side, you know, for those people who want to, yeah. you know, you know what I'm no, yeah, right? yeah, Wait, wait, chess. wait. So you get modern two chess. queens that can move on the board? Yeah, who yeah, knows, yeah, man? Yeah. I'm just, I'm Who would ever choose yeah. two kings? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, two careful. kings suck. Let's yeah. play a game of yes and. Nope, no, I don't want to play the game, so I'm brainstorming here. I'm just having some fun, man. Yeah, just yeah. having some fun. I'm going to... Empress. Empress. An emperor. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. board is all queens. Be, so. <laughs> well, eventually you can turn them into queens. The pawns make it all the way across, right? Those, <laughs> yeah. those, you know. But anyways, yes, that was that was the key game in my life that really changed things mm. for me. Really, I think, I think a lot of people have that experience with magic. Magic is a special game that a lot of people love. Well, it really and tie it back to life. It really got me introduced to uh, other people before. Oh, it just, I was just playing games at home with the brother or mom and dad. Yeah. Then all of a sudden now, oh, I got to go to the local game store. Right. And uh, I just remember, wow, at the time, 20, 30 people. And there might be somebody uh, who is, you know, more advanced in age and people who are quite a bit younger all coming together and playing this game, which mm-hmm. I thought was the most wonderful. And the cool part about it of Magic is unlike chess, it's black and it's white. It's pretty straightforward. You have all the same pieces. Yeah. But you never know who is going to, what the person across from you, or even if you're playing multiplayer, what they're going to have. And that's the mm. fun part. You're like, mm. oh my God, I can't believe you made a deck about that. <laughs> you're not going to win the game, but man, are you going to have fun? Because yeah. you're going to keep gaining life and you're going to make this game last at least three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy could care less. He might even say, I don't even know if I can win. But yeah. man, I love to see the look on you guys' faces as I don't die over and over and over again. Right? Yeah. Um, I <laughs> To share a story. And this shows you what kind of how magic has, has ruined me for other games. But I, I, I really can't play Euchre anymore mm. because Euchre is probably one of the most structured games. When you receive a hand, you almost... Yeah, there's almost, not a lot you can do. Not a lot you can do. But yeah. there is something you can do. And this is a point of contention. Uh, so if I ever get ordered up, mm-hmm. I always love, and I apologize to any partners I've had who <laughs> never won the game because of me, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the card and I'll often I'll put it back. And so they'll order me up with like a queen of uh, hearts or whatever, and that will be Trump. And so they'll play something. They'll know they're going to win, so they'll play their, their two bowers first or whatever to draw out all the Trump, right? And, of course, then I have no Trump because I put it back. And so I love nothing more than to put down a card that is not following suit. And that person yells at you, you're not following suit. You're, you're, you're reneging. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. And then they're just losing their mind because they have no idea why it is that, where did that Queen of Hearts go? Where did the Queen of Hearts go? One guy got so bold, he grabbed the kitty and said, what are you doing? You can't put this back. And to this day, I have not been able to find a rule that says you can't take the card you picked up and put back. I'm sure there is in tournament euchre, but I've never had the time to actually go through (laughs) tournament euchre to find out. But magic because i play blue has ruined me forever because yeah and i can see you making expression like oh god a blue player uh Love always just, trying to always trying to game the system always trying to game the system yeah <laughs> well because it's so boring you yeah, so i had to figure out is. something to entertain myself <laughs> that's funny I uh, I just glazed over because I I've played euchre. <laughs> I have no strategy on euchre. I don't know anything about euchre. Do that. Do but that one very, time. It's very fascinating <laughs> to hear you say words at me. That's really cool. Also, it's, it's, really it's cool. funny in the context of like talking about the language exchange and everything and magic because I find that when I go to magic uh, 
Magic Games um, and people are talking around me, there is like a different language mm-hmm. of people talking about Magic cards. Like it's just like you, you're talking English and all of a sudden you get in that zone and you're on another level. You're talking about strategies and like there's like terms and lingo and stuff. And again, if you're not well versed, your your eyes glaze over and you're like, mm hmm, uh huh. I, I, I understand like. 10% of what you just said? Yep. Sure. Well, I'm surprised because with Euchre, it's probably a really straightforward game. And I didn't even realize how complicated just what yeah, I just said in that, was. Yeah. yeah. Like I've tried to, I remember in high school trying to play and I had no clue on strategy yeah. and just. Oh, no wonder you didn't stick. like magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> you buddy. couldn't get past Euchre. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and now here's Hearts. Let's play that card game. Oh, man. Now we're playing with all 13, all oh, 52 cards. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a lot of cards. Yeah. No, no thank you. <laughs> All right. So I think we touched on what your favorite game was. Yeah. But what was the most recent game that you've played? Uh, are we straying away from video games? Whatever you want. I, yeah. I, I, every was, day I'm, I'm playing something. So I, I guess I, I have a sort of certain passion for board games mm-hmm. and, and those style of games. More like, I guess what I would say is even with video games playing online, I know I'm playing with other people, mm-hmm. but there's something about sharing the same air, sharing the same space, being able to see somebody and, you know, mm-hmm. w- uh, when you're having a good time, seeing everybody smile and when you get that really nasty play and you can see them grimace and just, uh, everyone loves that too, yeah. right? Yeah. So I guess the the last few games that I've played, uh, there's a, a game called Heckmeck uh, and it's, oh, uh, it's, it's a German game. Um, of course. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, the reason why I purchased it, thank God there's Amazon, but I guess also <laughs> uh, Amazon's also been the bane of like local stores too, because you can buy anything from there. Yeah. So it's, it's a hit or miss. But anyways, yeah. um, I've been buying a lot of games from uh, Germany because this company, and I, I can't forget, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but they will print the instructions in four different languages, oh. German, Italian, French, and English. So for those people who are from those countries or speak those languages at Language Exchange, they connect with the game. They don't uh, even know what it is, but just because it has a language that they recognize or they can read the rules in the language that they prefer, yeah. they they enjoy that. Hmm. And so Heckmeck or Heckomino in English is uh, nothing more than a series of dominoes. You roll some dice, and depending on the tally you get, you take a certain domino. Higher values get you more points, and lower values get you less points. After all the dominoes are gone, everybody checks to see uh, how many points they racked up. Person with the most points wins. And it's a great game because I I often call these kind of games beer and peanuts games. Mm. You could just you could leave the game, go grab a beer, yeah. come on back, and you wouldn't be you wouldn't miss anything. You don't yeah. have to keep track of. There's no meta to keep track of. <laughs> so it'd be perfect for you, Quab. Uh-huh, it's, uh-huh. it's really, really straightforward. <laughs> um, and uh, it's great for teaching because uh, at Language Exchange, now we are we have to find the word for dice or however that per- whatever they're called in that yeah, language. Yeah. Numbers all of a sudden are important. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. or, or how to explain the rules. So I, I've learned and uh, it's, it's a great way for me to learn in a different language how to explain those rules. And so now I, I have it in four different languages. So if I'm translating into, say, Esperanto or into ASL, I have different languages to work from and be able to translate in however many different languages. And so it's it's a great way to uh, get people on board with that kind of stuff, if they like games. But I know there's some people who don't like math or even anything to do with numbers, <laughs> so they shy away from it. It's like really, really straightforward and simple. but. For most part, people really enjoy it because uh, actually I took it with me 
to uh, Seattle when I went to the Esperanto conference. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we glossed over in the intro that you are involved in Esperanto and I have a vague understanding of it, but for people who probably don't have a good understanding of what Esperanto is, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, Esperanto is a constructed language. It was one of many uh, international languages. And what that means is Um, The inventor intended for the language to act as a second language or an auxiliary language Mm -hmm. that would be something that would um, uh, people would use to speak uh, for those who didn't know each other's language. So let's say um, you're Polish and you're somewhere in Germany, but the two people don't share. Oh, the two people don't don't share a language. Um, you could speak Esperanto with each other, and then that way, then you would be able to communicate. The guy who created it was actually Polish, and he grew up in an area where uh, Hebrew, um, Polish, German, and a bunch of other languages were very common. And he noticed that people wouldn't get along because they couldn't speak with each other. Hmm. So he, what he did is he made a very, very straightforward language uh, that was 10 times easier to learn than other languages. So uh, actually people gravitated to it. And to this day, uh, people gather and speak in that language. So it is a living language. It still continues. Mm. It never became the auxiliary language that he hoped. Mm -hmm. It still has chances for that. But because it's not involved in any kind of commerce or Mm -hmm. it doesn't have a lot of Mm. bases in that, Mm -hmm. um, English, of course, has become that language where uh, everybody uses that as an auxiliary language. Yeah, like I like the idea behind it to, yeah. to create an international language to connect people. Yeah, yeah, I think we <clears> talk <throat> a lot about. And maybe if he could figure out a way to gamify the exactly. language, exactly. Could create widespread adoption. That's exactly es- yeah. Esperanto the Gathering. Um, Esperanto <laughs> the Gathering. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, uh, there actually TM, TM, TM. there actually is um, a magic card. That was printed in Esperanto for fun. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Curdate for those who actually cared about this kind of thing. So <laughs> it's worth a fortune uh, just because huh. there's, there's only so many of them print, printed. Um, and of course, as you know, magic is printed in, I think, like 18 different languages. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I took Heckmeck to this Esperanto conference. And because of the nature of the game, any of the beginners who didn't know very much of the language could practice their numbers and practice yeah. how to talk to each other. And you could just pick up some dice, roll, and then start adding. And so you, you start saying, oh, 5, 15, okay, roll again, okay, now up to 30, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was just a great way for people to be able to come together, the the more advanced speakers and the uh, common santos, as they call them, or the beginners, beginners would come together. And uh, it, it was a great, a great game. Um, and the other one that I recently, and I'm also, this is the other one I just recently played, was uh what is that one called um uh Ale canon or canon Ale, uh, which means cannons go uh cannons fire mm-hmm. um uh, it's a french english once again i brought it from amazon had it, it was in different couple yeah. different languages and all it is is a memory game with a bunch of pictures and you have to remember which pictures were tucked underneath and of course then you speak the lang- like different languages and so you just name each of the cards in those languages and then whoever remembers first gets that card, and whoever remembers the most wins. And okay. there's no, I, I especially love games where there's no um, words on the cards or on mm-hmm. the pieces. Sure. Yeah. Because what happens is it breaks 
breaks that language that you're speaking. Yeah. Or not breaks. Not to, I didn't explain that properly. Like the immersion. Like the, the immersion. Yeah, it breaks yeah. the immersion yeah. into that language when you see an English word. Yeah. Hmm. So just pictures. Okay. Um, <laughs> I uh, discovered while I was there in, in Seattle, we actually had, it was um, a conference that was structured very much like a, a week at university. Oh. I don't know if you've ever been to one of these kind of conferences. And no. it was just basically, I like to refer to it as an intensive, where it was five days of just intense yeah. Esperanto speaking, right? And uh, one of the classes or one of the sessions was games. And one, one guy had actually, um, I think it's Pathfinder. He actually he actually uh, translated the entire book <laughs> into Esperanto. Wow. Somebody made Scrabble Esperanto tiles because they're special characters in Esperanto. Ah. Uh, Flux actually mm-hmm. has online um, an Esperanto translation. So if you wanted to print off those cards, you could stick them into plastic sleeves and you could play Flux in Esperanto if you wanted to, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. And I am the, not familiar with Flux, not to derail you, but... It's- uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, no, no, not gonna, <laughs> not gonna explain Flux. Flux I'll, is actually a lot of fun. Flux I'll, is a, a constant rule changing game, which mm-hmm. is really really cool. Exactly, oh, yeah. hence, hence okay, yeah, hence the name yeah. Flux. It's kind of like Mao. Is Mao like that? I don't know Mao actually. All right, we're gonna play Mao. Welcome to Mao. All right, cool. I was just thinking as you said that, like, yeah, that that seems like a cool gaming concept of like, um, or like a challenge for people to translate things Esperanto. Like, yeah, it seems like there's, yeah, the market for it. There's like you're saying, there's not a lot of commerce or anything that promotes Esperanto, but there's no. people that are interested in it and want to translate things. To yeah, Esperanto. It's, it's a community of enthusiasts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Essentially. Uh, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what got you involved in the, uh, when I was in high school, um, uh, games and language have been constant in my life. And so uh, at the time, I was <clears throat> learning German. I was working on my French, working on my Spanish. And um, I was trying to you know, make a language. Mm. Uh, uh, cool. Yeah I, all, yeah, I didn't realize how difficult it was. Because at the time, <laughs> I had no idea that bits and pieces. I didn't know the playing pieces of language. Hmm. Like, just, just to say it. Look at that weaving, eh? Weaving right there. Go grasshopper. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I was in a class called uh, Science and Society, which I don't believe actually exists anymore. <laughs> okay. But it was a class that essentially took a look at pieces of society and um, taught uh, the history of how civilization kind of come about oh. at different periods of time. And anyways, we were doing a project that required, you know, I always say paper mache, but I don't think we were doing that. <laughs> but we had to cover the desks. In, in newspaper mm-hmm. to make sure the desk didn't get uh, damaged or whatever. Yeah. And I can't remember exactly what we were doing, but we had to cover the desks. And um, there were comics on one side and there were a bunch of news articles on the other side. And I saw an article that said something like Esperanto, a created language or constructed language. Ah. And I thought, Phew, if there's one already made, I better read this. And sure <laughs> enough, I read it and it was all about, and I'm big on this too. I uh, Maybe I'm a bit of a dreamer, but just that, peace part that world peace part mm-hmm. bringing people together through communication mm-hmm. and the job that i do but you know it helps knowing all these languages to bring people together to help people mm. be their best right and i thought well this is awesome i'm gonna give this a try i went down i went to um my local library which is a place where they keep books oh. for those who aren't familiar with mm. what a library is mm, sounds <laughs> made up where i, sound, get, yeah, where sound, I photocopy things sounds like a fire hazard uh, yeah really. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of paper. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> so I um, got all their Esperanto books out, 
Wow. And I was able to actually find a few people that uh, would want to learn with me. But as I quickly discovered, most people who want to learn a language only want to learn one sort or one uh, certain kinds of words. And if you're if you're following along, you can probably figure out what kind of words people want to know. They want to know the dirty words. Of yes. course. They want to know all the dirty words for body parts. Okay. And so she has grandine manmoin, manmoin, which means she has big boobs or big big breasts, oh. was like one of the first things and still stuck in my head today <laughs> because that was pretty much what people wanted to, wanted to know. Actually, I think it, it um, yeah, uh, at first I didn't know the difference between montoin and mamoin. Montoin are actually mountains. Uh, so I, yeah, but later on, of course, I discovered that that it all works. Any plural noun really, really works for <laughs> that. But anyways, um, yeah. So I discovered Esperanto on that desk that day, <laughs> and ever since I've been been learning it. Um, it wasn't till just recently that I actually uh, I could say that I was fluent in the language. Uh-huh. It took me a number of years because with the internet and with language exchange mm-hmm. things are different now yeah it was harder to find the resources. people hard to find the resources yeah, to mm-hmm. do these things and language i don't i stress to anybody out there if you're looking to learn a language you need other people mm-hmm. be the, be it digitally if they're on the other side of the computer uh, always best if they're on the other side of you and uh, you can see them you can hear them it works so much better um, it's so hard to learn a language in isolation. I'm sure it's can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, even when I went to the conference, I noticed my Esperanto accent. I probably didn't do a very good job here because I haven't been speaking it in the last little while, but, um, uh, the going to this conference really helped my accent. Hmm. All of a sudden I was speaking much more because pro- I was being corrected more. And uh, I, I, now, yeah, I, now I had to be sure. understood by people who were more fluent than I was, not just people here that I speak with who are, you know, just as you yeah, know, clumsy as I am you, with the yeah, language, yeah. right? So yeah, um, I was happy to have discovered it. I wish at the time there was a language exchange, so I'd be you know fluent in nine languages and not just four. But I'm, I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> um. So what what is it about games and, and specifically that um that you like so much? Like, what aspects of games really appeal to you? Um. I think the number one thing for me is fun. Um, I I find that fun leads to a lot of good things. And when people Mm -hmm. are having fun, then their mind's in a different space. Um, And the the second thing for me for games is the mechanical parts. I just love mechanics and I love Mm -hmm. seeing how it all comes together. I'm the first person to, here's a new game, you know, Mal, was it? Yeah, Mao. You'd introduce Mao to me, and before you know, we played maybe two or three times, and I'd already have ideas about how to make it better, <laughs> or how to not for myself, of course, mm-hmm. not better in, in, in for everybody. No, no, but, no, no, no. But you know what I mean, like, or oh, what would be cool if we could add this card or add that card? Mm-hmm. And I think that's from years of playing Magic and mm-hmm. playing games that are much very more mechanic, very heavy. mechanic heavy. Yeah. Um, uh, and and um, not even that. Sometimes the simplest games, it's great. I have um, a dice game of beer pong. Which is just four dice. And oh. yeah, I have to show it to you one time over okay. at Language Exchange. And yeah, we'll have yeah. a few pints. We'll, <laughs> we'll play a little bit, bit of beer, uh, beer pong with dice. Yeah. Um, and it's a really straightforward, simple game. And I find um, that people, when they're playing, uh, often I'll, I can carry it in my pocket. Yeah. It's just these four dice. And I'll go to a party, and that fun aspect of it will help people get involved. Or all of a sudden, I don't know anybody, but because I have this game, 
now we can talk with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We haven't even introduced ourselves to each other no. yet because, but the game has brought us together. Yeah. Uh, for those who have dogs, it's kind of the same kind of concept. <laughs> you go out and you meet somebody with a dog. You won't share human names, but you'll share dog names and you'll yeah. talk about your dog. And before you know, oh, nice seeing you and off you go. And you have no idea who that person was. But the same thing with um, with games. They just, they can bring people together. Mm-hmm. You know? they, they break they break this, the social tension. They do. Very easily. That's interesting. And uh, yeah, it's something I've even noticed with you. The pocketable game. The game yeah. that you can have on you at all times, you know. Well, yeah. well you know, I carry a big bag of, of yeah. games just <laughs> yeah, in yeah. case, right? <laughs> yeah. And oh man, I feel like I've invited you to the board games night, but I don't think you've ever come. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you, yeah. I think you would dig uh, it. Uh, like, fr- uh, Friday nights, I yeah, Friday mm-hmm. nights, yeah. Hack yeah. forge stuff? Uh, uh, not always. No, no. usually it's by uh, the at a cafe. Yeah. yeah, cafe by the U. Uh, I do want to do a plug for Wizards of Walkerville mm-hmm. because you know, I, not that they, they sponsor the show. Maybe they should. We sponsor should. The show. We should interview them. And, <laughs> hey, yeah, talk to sponsors. We're here for you. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. they have a wonderful sea of games there. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who needs to you know, branch out into some brand new games they may have never played and don't feel like going out and buying a copy, it's it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. These board game cafe things are they're a really cool concept. The first one I saw was in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Snakes and Lattes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 Blew my mind. Yeah. That was like a couple of years Isn't ago. Isn't that wild? Yeah, but now we're getting them in the uh, little sweet towns like Windsor. So, well, I noticed a trend uh, on YouTube or just on the internet in general mm. about four or five years ago with uh, channels like Geek and Sundry or yeah, Tabletop yeah, Games. Yeah, 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 they yeah. really started promoting those, promoting a games again, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, I just like watching the videos. Like, and it's a whole thing, even with like podcasts. Like, you find hosts you like and then they're enjoying themselves and like there's dynamics and like you can see them over time um yeah yeah geek and sundry is a good one polygon has a yeah polygon too has a good uh, well like once a month they play board games yeah Mm. yeah so it's the it's the fun and it's the the for games for me that's really what brings me to them um because they are a great tool um one uh, gentleman that i that i'm working with uh uh, he uh, doesn't speak Mm. can but because of his anxiety, he's unable to speak. And um, uh, so uh, playing a game was a great way to get things rolling. And all of a sudden you realize he can speak mm-hmm. and he will speak. Uh, but it took that game to create an atmosphere where he felt comfortable. I noticed a lot of people, when a game's out, they feel comfortable. Not everybody. Not no, everybody. not everybody. Not everybody. Yeah. But yeah, it's like these that thing you said with dogs like i've played games with people i have no idea what their name is but like we had this very intense yeah. interaction mm-hmm. <laughs> that was fun yeah and not everybody likes dogs either right yeah, same, yeah, same yeah, kind yeah. of idea not yeah, everyone likes games, games but yeah. it is it is a good way to and I, I think no matter what there's there's at least one game that one a person can say you know what i do like that game mm-hmm. or i will play that game that's that's sort of the mission of the show to see like there is at least one game that everybody likes. and, and for some reason it's, yeah. al- it's always settlers why is it why is it always gotta be settlers <laughs> uh, settlers is accessible like, and I, and i guess it's complicated enough that and people, not too complicated yeah, yeah like it i think complicated it's complicated and not complicated yeah it's got a, time. intricate bits and it's like a, i think it's a gateway drug it's, it's yes like, it is it's like oh wow i've never actually played settlers no. to be honest um hmm. that's funny I was just first watching, one's free man that's <laughs> <one's> <laughs> funny i was just watching like uh, parks and rec uh, yeah yep. finishing up nice. and like the cones of dunshire uh oh, like ben okay. 
my character Ben makes this very intricate kind of <laughs> oh right uh, uh, like settlers type game that has like obscenely <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> rules and it is just hilarious. Love it. It's Love very it. good. Yeah. Love it. I would just YouTube those clips. Cones of Dunshire. Uh. <laughs> um. So last, ba- yeah, I feel r- like we're random right. question that yeah. we have. Um, I don't know if we've touched on it yet. I don't think so. But what game, if there is one, would you um, say has sort of ruined your life? Like had a negative or impact. Yeah, had a sort of negative impact. Or you're like, whoa, I went deep with that Because you seem pretty positive with games. Oh, yeah. you, oh, we want to go the dark side. Yeah, that, yeah that's my whole, yeah. that's me. That, I bring, <laughs> this that is was a co-op a... generator. <laughs> um, I guess I would normally kind of stay away from those games. Mm. But I guess the two that I can think of the most that have caused the most trouble would be Euchre and, <laughs> and, and Monopoly. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I'm a... Okay. Especially now, I'm a stickler for sticking to the rules of Monopoly mm-hmm. to help teach the lesson. Yeah, I played Monopoly with you once. But but I've had uh, so many rage quits, <laughs> so many pieces thrown yeah, at me, uh, a yeah. pencil thrown at me one time wow. for uh, a euchre. Yeah, just mostly because um, for me, it's it's not about the winning part for me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the mechanic and the fun part. So mm-hmm. I just I just like putting moving my piece down the board. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and the problem that I have. No, actually, it's not a problem for me. It's a problem for everybody else is I'm often very lucky with things. So all I need is like a two and I'll land on free parking and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take the money. But and I'll, I'll get the two and I'll land on free parking and then I'll restart the whole thing again. I remember one time where I was down to one dollar in, in Monopoly and um, I just needed some people to land on my properties. And I think I had the worst ones like boardwalk and mediterranean and those areas okay and certainly somebody landed on it and that started the like i had one dollar i was almost bankrupt and sure enough then it started getting i started building back up building back up and that's when the board came right at me and (laughs) language was used that i won't use here Uh yeah and just yeah yeah my yeah it's caused a lot of family 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 problems that stupid game yeah, yeah. That, that was probably. I think I, I, I'm trying to think of anything else where it's just not those two games. Something else where somebody got really miffed or really, really angry. That's so, a, I, I guess sometimes with um, some role playing games, I will be that player that will take things to a different level or mm. go off the beaten path, as you would figure being a blue player from Magic. <laughs> but yeah, mostly though, <laughs> mostly though, I, I, I have um, because I don't. I'm not so competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really run into a lot of those. Um, I guess with one game of poker, same thing kind of happened. Uh, yeah, I, I have a, a tendency to go in blind, and I, I'll just not even look at my cards. <laughs> and so people will be staring at me just to to, to figure out. Okay, if I'm bluffing or not, then I have no idea if I'm yeah, bluffing. Yeah, that would or not. be infuriating. If you <laughs> it would be, it would be <laughs> yeah, infuriating, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then I win because you know I happen to get lucky on the on the river or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one thing I have to say. I guess is a dark or frustrating thing for me is why does it always have to be texas hold'em what, what where, where did that become like i get it's fun because you get the flips right but there's no you know there's no real i have no idea yeah we should bring just... a, we should bring a hold'em player on the show because i don't know why the phenomenon of hold'em yeah. was the was the was flavor the... of poker that yeah. i wonder it just hits the right buttons and stuff maybe like it's just maybe maybe just like certain pop yeah music why issues. yeah i was about to say pop music yeah it, it like, is it is, is it is the right notes yeah right? it just yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's with all the flavor people. pieces that people love <laughs> yeah that's an interesting question because i don't think we've had anyone talk about like the external for that that question like gambling 
No, no. Uh, the question about like which game kind of ruined your life. I don't think people have talked about like other people's reactions to us playing the game. That's really interesting. Usually, mm -hmm. it goes into like something like World of Warcraft, where I was just playing it constantly. Yeah, or it's a time like sink. That. Yeah, but yeah. like that's interesting for you. It was once again. I don't play games uh, for to to win. I remember that mm -hmm. you're making me think, and this just gets you more of an idea of how annoying I am or how much fun I am for depending on which, which people uh -huh. you play with. So anyways, my brother's a huge into World of Warcraft and those style of games. And that's often how we bond is mm. we will play video games together. We always have for many, many years. And uh, so I played World of Warcraft with him. And at the time, it was like 2005 and I had it set up to my um, TV in my mm -hmm. living room course it was a crt tv which is an old tube tv yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you ever try to read text on those things <laughs> you can't right so everybody in the game would always wonder why is it that you're this character type but you're wearing like the opposite style like, like you're supposed to be a fighter but here you are wearing robe rogues <laughs> robes and stuff like oh, i can't read a goddamn thing i'm just here for <laughs> to hang out with my brother right and of course he's the one getting frustrated on the other end because hmm. i'm not maxed out i'm not don't have all the buffs on yeah, yeah he's wondering why i don't have any potions why i'm dying all the time <laughs> he's the guy falling off the cliff just because i can barely see but i'm here just so i can hear his voice so i can i can, yeah. I can chat with him yeah. I, I can guess that's about the uh, I never really invested. Ah, uh, never really invested a lot of time in, into into those that much time into a game where I felt like, man, I've 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 lost my life to. I, I you know, with magic, uh, I guess I spent a lot of time into that, but it was always so rewarding because mm. I'd be meeting people all the yeah, time. Yeah, and mm. it seems like that's inherently a social game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's refreshing to hear to have someone come on and say you yeah. play games for the fun of it because we've had a lot of guests so far that say like purely competitive like <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> they play games for that pure and it's i i've i'm with you on that because i like playing games for the fun of it but it it is fun going into a game that you're playing with people who are super competitive and you're just like you when you play it uncompetitively it almost messes their game up because they're expecting other competitiveness yeah. I've, I've seen so many people join me in my uncompetitive just to prove a point like oh i can play stupid too i'm gonna play stupid and yeah i don't and i guess on occasion i do do it to antagonize people because i enjoy that sometimes. yeah but i don't i don't always do it for that reason and um and sometimes i try to not go overboard and just do some fun things that are, are amusing to me and yeah. it's not going to really ruin anybody else's game but there'll be that one sharp player who will realize like you haven't looked at your cards. You, <laughs> you haven't bet this entire game. There's like 18 or not 18. There's like eight people playing poker and he's, he can tell who's done what. Yeah, he can yeah, remember every last or she can remember every last yeah, friggin' yeah, yeah. move you've yeah. made. And like, man, wow, you care that much. Cause I know why he cares that much. He wants my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if I keep slow playing, he, I'm like, he's yeah, going to lose to me. Poker's <laughs> a weird one. Yeah. Money's like the, 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 the actual reward and the investment there is. It's yeah. a weird one. Well, yeah. it's like 10 bucks, you know? And, and <laughs> you know, I, I remember one time um, I didn't want to play. I didn't want to play because I got into this mode of, okay, I shouldn't play this poker game because I might antagonize somebody or I might, because it's serious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've funny. had my fun before and I don't want to make somebody, I don't want to piss somebody off, you know, but then they'll rope me into it. And sure enough, I'll try to lose <laughs> and I'll, I'll, all in and I'll yeah. go all in. Yeah. And sure. Enough, I'll win. It's just, I don't, I don't understand it, but I, I'm happy that that happens to me. Yeah. Um, it's like, um, and, and not all the time, but a lot of the times it just seems like it, it works out that way. Yeah. It might even just be the psychology of not really caring. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a. Yeah. I'm not apathetic. It's no, a, not like I, I don't mm-hmm. care. No, I, I no. do. Um, it's yeah. it's just that I, I approach it at a different angle. Yeah, and it, it really, like you said, it can um, really weird people out, or it can it can yeah, throw them just, off their game because yeah. they're like so surprised that well, why are you sitting here? How come you're playing this? Because yeah. I'm having fun. Right. Because we're moving pieces around. Right. That's fun for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I get to talk to you too. They're like, well, I don't want to talk to you <laughs> no, anymore. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, this has been a yeah, very it's... enlightening episode. I've, yeah. I've learned a lot yeah. about we should languages, do. and now we need to find out more about these fighting fantasy books. Yeah, yeah. that sounds cool. There was a lot there. Uh, we'll probably have you back on for sure. This I'm sure really I have good. some more stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys having me here. Yeah, yeah no, this was awesome. Chit chatting with me. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't ask too many personal questions. Nah, that's not what we did. That'll be for, that'll be for no, season no, two. Yeah, yeah, no standoff yeah, questions. Yeah. Well, we turn into a true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what games do you play with your victim <laughs> before you murder them? <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I feel like this was a well-played episode. How do you say well-played in Esperanto? Um, I guess you would say uh, bona luda, maybe. I haven't thought about that. Bona luda. Well-played. Well-played. Give me a second. Okay. Oh, I, I guess it would be bon luda. Bon luda. Bon, bon luda club. Bon luda, Sean. Yeah. Bon luda, Chris. Hey, uh, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey. guys. Yeah. Thank you. Well-played.